What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Purple bling bling Halloween, yo. And your auditor canals are tuned into episode 226 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. Of course, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Like Wimpy, got my partners in crime first on deck. We got Dez, aka the Bay Area Terror, aka the High Res Lover. That's me. AKA the Cat Daddy, aka that gamer step daddy. How's it going, man? Yeah, pretty good. Just uh here to talk about games with all you ghouls and ghosts out there. Uh hope you guys uh had had and 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 are having to well probably this might show up after you know the um the halloween but i hope you had a great halloween hope you got a lot of uh, super candy and uh hope your tummies are not super um super hurting <laughs> no tummy aches <laughs> Okay, and of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. But you might also know... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. But you might also know him as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. How's it going? It's going good. Um, it's kind of funny to think, you know, I was thinking today, it's like how Wario 64 is, is intertwined in my life as of late so the deal the noted deal maker of of x and uh social media fame so <laughs> so he he is intertwined so i've been getting uh, deals above and beyond video games from him and it's like why do i have like you know like 120 cups of butterscotch pudding in my cupboard because of wario 64 bought for a dollar 27 and i don't i, I want to throw i throw this butterscotch pudding away because i don't really need it and it's like I, i'm like gaining weight here because of wario 64 so today no sell it don't you don't you blame him for giving you all these good deals don't you dare uh, i know don't i dare don't yeah. you dare you didn't have to buy all the puddings you said that sending me pictures of like mounds and mounds of pudding and i'm like what are you gonna do start like a pudding wrestling league or something <laughs> Crazy. I put that on my Tinder profile, but I don't think <laughs> ladies, ladies, ladies pudding wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? LPW. Ladies put put it pudding wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will not be the, recant be the that. Vince McMahon of of pudding <laughs> wrestling. And insert the Bill Cosby impression here. No. I can't do one to save my <laughs> life. Not. But. That's not a save we did. But today he threw up like uh like uh twenty dollars twenty dollar purchase at Grubhub. So I like I ate good at Chipotle. I got some Chipotle delivered to my door while I was sitting there playing division and sitting there and like, oh damn, I got extra meats on this thing and some chips because it's all all for free. It's like, yeah, it's just it's, just, it's so intertwining how Wario sixty four is like, you know, become the the the, the wish master in a way, you know, it's like it's, mm. kind, of, it's kind of funny. So he's seen the new chippy, the new cheapy D. Oh yeah, he's definitely cheapy D. Is like on on the download. He's like on the way out. He's been on the way out for a while. So, <laughs> mm. so all right. No love, no love for cheapy D. I know, mm. but uh, straight up, it's like you know, I gotta stop getting on these deals because you know, I wound up getting 144 bags of popcorn too. Uh, these little oh, smart God. pop popcorns. You're out of I, control. 
You were I just, out of control. I took I took them to work and I dropped them off and said, "You guys could have these." They actually used them for the hospitality for headquarters that came over this past week. Okay, well that's kind of nice then. Yeah, so I, I left it for my coworkers because I know uh, they had two big boxes of the Smart Pop popcorn and I straight up went and ate twelve of the kettle Jeez. corn bags right out of the thing in the, like three days. So well, that's not very smart. <laughs> No, it's not very smart at all. It's like dumb pop over here instead of smart pop. So. <laughs> well, uh, the deals that you've been getting uh, sound pretty good. Another thing that sounds pretty good, as always, the first topic on our docket is going to be the playlist. And that's coming up right now. So let's kick things off with Dez. What you been playing, man? Um, I actually have not. Uh, I'll tell you what I haven't been playing, and that was Spider-Man. I haven't jumped into it yet. I know that I need to. It is. I, it's sitting there. It's looking at me. And I know that if I start playing this, it's going to be the game that I'm going to play for a while uh, because it's gotten so many great uh, accolades and people are, are loving it. And I know as a comic book fan, I will be loving it as well. So, again, I just, I'm just I, – I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get it to a point where I can just get it in there and get it done. So I haven't played it yet. Um, I will be playing it soon, and I know that this is like the next game that I'm going to beat. Uh, what I have played, though, is uh, my Switch. I've been playing my Switch a lot more. I got the Nitro deck, which is a... Um, it's like a... All it is is like a holder for the for the Switch and you basically pop it in, and it makes it look like, um, I don't know, it kind of reminds me, it kind of reminds me of the old uh, Wii U remote, but, um, or it kind of reminds me of a um, a Switch deck, the way the sizing is, but it's a little, I think it's a little bit smaller, but it has, um, we talked about this a while ago, and I've been uh, playing playing on it, you know, before I go to bed and in the evening time, just trying to see if I like it. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to use it. I bought it. So, um, I got the blue one, the classic blue one. Um, and, and it feels okay. It feels okay in the hands. It's just the one thing that I, that I wish is I wish that we had an actual dedicated, you know, smaller form factor, um, handheld, uh, Nintendo uh, option instead of this sort of hybrid two-in-one kind of situation. I, I really have been lately mourning the death of traditional small um, handhelds um, for favor of uh, more power and for uh, versatility and whatnot, you know. So because sometimes I just don't want to hold this bulky thing, you know, in when I'm laying in bed or when I'm playing. Not to say that it's super, you know, big or anything. The, the the form factor is really actually pretty nice. It's just again, I'm really just wanting I'm just missing um missing the old Game Boy. I'm missing the old um uh DS. Yeah, the old DS. DS. Missing, missing all of them you know mm-hmm. but but again um i'm enjoying what i'm having it's uh i'm enjoying what i what what it, what it is and what it gives so so I, I i will be using it and i have been using it for a while 
I'm looking at it right now, and it's it's really it, it's really nice. It's a really nice machine, and I've been playing a lot more Switch uh, games on it. The Switch game that I've been playing the most is uh, Gordian Quest, and it is a it is a turn-based card-building RPG. Um, meaning you pick a character um, out of a roster of want to say eight characters, and they all they they all come with these decks that they they, all, they each come with a specialized deck of cards that are their moves or their attacks, and you can uh, change the cards out um, and. They have four, so you pick one. Like the character I'm playing now is like a geomancer, so which means they control the earth. But you can then, if you pick that character, you can specialize their decks to be uh, one of four different subclasses. So, which is really kind of cool. She she's like a minion, uh, minion master. So I have this little rock monster that fights alongside with me. And then you get another character. I think you get up to I think you can get up to three characters, but each one of them has their own deck, and there is a um, a movement counter on the top of the um, on the top of the the or an action counter on the top of the screen, which tells you who's going to attack next. And so you basically it's a strategy game, uh, but it's like it plays like Slay the Spire, but with uh, multiple. Um, multiple characters with multiple decks that you can work on and change up. So um, has a lot of replay replayability. Um, have a lot of fun with it. I do like card-based decks and I like it because I can just turn it on and play it and then turn it off and go to bed. You know, I think that's one of the, th- one of the things that I'm really enjoying about, about the switch, the switch catalog is there are a lot of really cool, um indie games that are not super um time consuming you can basically just throw it on play it you know on the on the go and then and then kind of be done with it so i'm really enjoying it i think the the artwork and character animations are fantastic it's just a really fun game um it just came out for the switch uh, it's been out for steam for a very long time already and i've watched some people play it on steam but this is the first time that it's coming to the switch i'm sure it's probably going to be on other other platforms as well um it has that kind of um value but the switch had it for like seventeen dollars because it was on on sale because it just came out. So I went ahead and purchased it. But it's been fun. It's been really fun. If you're looking for a really good card based battler um, or a card based road uh, a card based RPG, uh, you can't go wrong with this. So that's really what I've been playing. And um, I will I will most likely start playing. Um, spider-man uh here pretty quickly i just know that once i do i don't know if i'm going to be able to play anything else because i've heard that game is just very uh deep and immensive um and um the person that has played it um uh, is kev so kev why don't you you know i know you have it in your playlist so um have you been enjoying spider-man 2 uh, i've been having a lot of fun with it uh the only thing i will say is I was right. And to clue the listeners in, if you go back and listen to the episode we did right after uh, Spider-Man 2's, not uh, initial uh, 
trailer reveal, I'll just say I was right. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. All right. We'll I, don't go back I don't want to spoil anything. Um, having a lot of fun with that. Again, the story, the gameplay, top notch. Uh, having a lot of fun with that. And uh, just to prevent myself from saying anything that uh, could uh, spoil anybody, that's all I'm going to say on Spider-Man 2. Okay. Uh, great. Game. I know that Joe wants to. I know that Joe wants to play it as well, and he, you know, he he might be muted right now because he doesn't want to hear anything. So. <laughs> no, I'm not he, muted. Oh, I'm. I actually have downloaded um, Marvel Spider-Man, uh, the um, PS5 version on my PlayStation, so I'm going to start there, mm. and enjoy that spider goodness at that point. So. Good yeah. game. It's a good place to start. It. Good way to start. Yeah. Uh, the other game I was playing was Everspace 2, and I really wanted to like this game. Oh, no. You didn't like it? But the the controllers are terrible. The controllers oh. are terrible. A- okay. Absolutely horrible. I don't know if it's flight stick compatible. I'm not going to buy a flight stick for Everspace. I don't feel I should have to. There's two... Um, there's two control presets and you have very limited remap remapping functions for them. The thing that keeps throwing me off is that the barrel roll or the roll function where your ship rotates on a horizontal axis and with every other arcade space game, um, particularly uh, chorus did it. They had, they had the functionality really of that implemented excellently. Um, in this game, in order to roll, you have to push in either L3 or R3, and then that same control stick, you need to rotate it left or right. That sucks. So you have to push in the, the control stick to rotate it and to make your ship rotate. And when you're in a big when you're in a big space battle I, I i i called it after the tutorial session cuz it ends in this big space battle i you're constantly having to readjust to the your uh horizon point in the game so that you can properly track uh enemy enemy fighters coming in and out of your uh your ship's range and constantly having to push in the control stick and then rotate that same control stick left or right was just ridiculously annoying. Is um, there, don't you, wouldn't you be able to, with the dual sense edge, throw it on a back button? I, I don't, I don't think, no, you can't. The dual sense does not let you remap L3 or R3. I think you are able to. At least. It. I, at least I've never button. been able to. Yeah, in fact, uh, with Division, uh, mainly I put uh, L3 and R3 on my triggers because I hate having to hold it down to run. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm, I'll try doing that. I already deleted it because I was so frustrated with the controls. Now I have to reload the game again. So maybe maybe I'll give another shot and uh, trying it with the, with the DualSense. But that is still just a crappy, crappy preset that they put in there. So it just kind of kind of soured me on the whole on the whole thing. But other than that, the game, if it weren't for the controls, 
the game itself is is pretty fun. Graphically, it's pretty nice. The uh, cutscenes are done through the kind of like this watercolor uh, scenes that are that are voice acted. That's pretty cool. But I was really turned off by that by the by the control. So I'll I'll see if I can remap it using the dual sense. If not, then then I'm definitely done with it. But that's really the only two games I've been messing with, so uh, I will pass it on to Jabroni Chief. What you been up to? Uh, as far as games, yeah, um, I've been playing a lot of Division Two. A lot of it's been spurred on because I've been playing with uh, John BT and also with Goonie on here. In fact, I played with Goonie a number of nights uh, this week, a couple of nights at least on there. So we're kind of progressing through the campaign. I know John right now is uh, beat the campaign and, and moved into the end game on there. Uh, but so you got uh, your squad. Yeah. Um, we, we played a little bit, you know, uh, during game, finest. we've been playing throughout <laughs> the week. I know we haven't really had a session since last game night where it was me, Goonie and, and John BT together if need be on there. So, but, uh, I've been playing a lot by myself as well. You know, it's just a lot of good, good eating. It just seems like it's really cool to go back to that and to be able to kind of, you know, I kind of remember some of the beads in there because it's a little bit more uh, familiar with me versus Division One. The Division One I hadn't played since like 2016, 2017, somewhere around there, on there. So uh, a lot of the side missions are familiar, and as far as uh, figuring out where some of the hidden items are and that kind of thing, you know, and I kind of have to get out of my own way sometimes too, because it seems like I am running up the rear cause I'm sucking up all the loot for whatever reason, you know, it's just all that little piff of picking up random items and random things in the, in the background on there. I want to, I opened up the gun recalibration station and the gun recalibration station is just pretty badass cause you could, you're able to go in and, tweak the perks with any gun that's in your inventory and then you kind of get get to see all this thing all this uh various items you've been sucking up for like the last 30 40 hours uh kind of come into play now all these materials that you were kind of figuring out what am, what am i doing with all the steel and and other material that i'm using it's used to uh obviously recalibrate your weapons and do a little thing with the end game to tweak things and on there so i'm i'm Living a good life over here with like you know maximum like stats on a couple guns. Some of my favorite guns I've been able to tweak. So, so but uh, I'm looking to kind of get up to where John is and and uh, actually uh, beat the game again and then maybe dive into the War- Warlords of New York content on there. So if any of you listeners or God forbid you maybe Desmond if you're in the itch to play you could always jump to Warlords. Uh, with a level boost automatically, just in case if anyone wants to join us too. So it's probably a negative from Officer Dez over here. So yeah, <laughs> at the police. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not the police. We're division agents, man. Mm-hmm. Officer Officer Joe, then Officer Goonie, and Officer John BT patrolling, keeping these streets safe. <laughs> Got it. Killing them perps. So I've also been playing a little bit. Uh, I picked up um, a game I own on the Xbox Series X. It's a Habroxia 2 
Uh, this is developed or published by Lilymo Games, which is owned by Colin Moriarty of all, all people. He has his own game company on here, but this is a like kind of a 16-bit-ish, uh, it's 8-bit-ish type of space shooter. Like if you think like old school Gradius or uh, Life Force or something like that. But uh, kind of interesting with the game because you actually control the um, shooting with the right analog stick versus you know holding. Uh, particular button down and, and moving your ship to be able to do that so you actually have you know eight-way shooting on there on top of other you know stuff you pick up as far as power-ups and that kind of thing they have actually a story mode in the game and an arcade mode i've been playing the story mode on there I'm just doing a little score chasing a, a bit and trying to grab all the um, items in the in the uh, play field if need be so i'm doing each stage multiple times just to get a better uh, feel for the stage and, and to be able to beat the, like multiple paths like stage one has two paths for two different bosses so so it's it's a good, good little time i picked it up on the playstation network sales like i think two bucks three bucks so yeah, that's a great price yeah yeah i, I felt play it, it'd be something that would be awesome on the switch too so on here but uh you know it's on the playstation so it's good stuff and then I also just got done before recording the podcast, firing up my uh, Switch for the first time in a while. Um, I put it in the Nitro deck. I was playing around with the Nitro deck for a little bit, and then uh, I never put it back in the dock, so my damn Switch screen died, so I pretty much had to charge it all up again. But uh, mm. I played uh, Super Mario Wonder uh, for a little bit, so, and? so I got a little little taste. Yeah, I played play for about maybe a little less than an hour, uh, just like earlier today and uh it's, it's quite pleasant it's it's great experience so far got to play around with the uh, elephant mario and uh kind of experience the um you know power-ups and that kind of thing you know shooting water with mario's trunk on there um music's great the talking flowers they're not annoying yet but i could see where they could get annoying and, and <laughs> so well, they're, just, they're just ram rambling on pretty much yeah and uh you know, plot is uh, as per usual. You know, Bowser comes and, and steals this magic flower and becomes this uh, anthropomorphic like floating castle, ready to like you know do crazy things. But uh, I've seen a little bit of the gameplay. Um, there's like certain parts of the stages where you know obviously you get like you know um, flower power ups and like you see some of the trippy stuff like the pipes moving and that kind of thing uh, there was one portion of one stage that i picked up the usual star you know like do 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 but uh, yeah, the power up star yeah power up star you're collecting stars as they fall onto the stage on there and it actually just uh it ma made it so where it was just crazy because uh, you're sitting there using the star power up because you're finding these uh, crazy there's this like uh enemy type new enemy type it's like a gopher and so he's kind of timid so he like throws things at you and then runs away and he runs mm -hmm. away sometimes with some items that you need to collect so you have to chase after his ass basically so yeah <laughs> i'm not a fan of the gopher <laughs> yeah so but uh, enjoying it so far um kind of sad that i look to see as far as uh doing some of the internet connectivity like there's these standees i guess you could put on each stage but since i don't have a nintendo online account anymore um i can't even partake and do any of that stuff so so i need to rectify with my nintendo online account pretty soon so so we'll see about that i, I know you're talking about getting a family account right des 
Yeah. All right. I still got to do it. Thank you for reminding me. Of course. But, uh, you know, I had a chance to fire up. I um, bought this new controller for the Switch, and I haven't really uh, messed around with it too much. But uh, um, I used that for the first time earlier to date. So it's a, a Ghoulie Kit uh, King Kong Pro 2. So I, I love these, uh, you know, uh, Chinese uh, game companies that basically come up with these, like, redonkulous names for controllers. But... Uh, does have Hall Effect sticks, and it seemed like it's a pretty nice controller. So, so you know, between the Ghoulie Kit King Kong Pro 2, <laughs> I just picked up, I ordered another uh, uh, controller uh, that is called the Vader, Vader Pro 3 on here. So they're just, like, picking all these names out of the thin air or whatever. But uh, Random name generator. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, it's like. You know, and, and it's just kind of funny. It's like known in circles as KK Pro and KK2 Pro. You know, so that's <laughs> fact, the KK3 Pro has <laughs> been announced, and everyone's looking forward to that because there's like four back buttons to the damn thing. But, ooh, ooh, so exotic. You well, know, I know you like. I know you like. You know, back buttons. Uh, you know, with me, I'm just gaming headsets and gaming controllers. Just you know, it just gets me all. My, uh, yeah, I guess my nipples are pr- all perky and whatnot. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty much all I've been playing this last week on here. So, but uh, hopefully we'll, you know, I've been wanting to do something for game night and get uh, like uh, a, a multiplayer game that we all will play together. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what's up with all that business. So. Didn't they do that? Um, what was that? Forty K multiplayer on on game pass didn't that finally come to xbox yeah dark tide, uh, dark tide yeah dark tide yeah maybe that could yeah, be one to play that i have it downloaded and ready to go i got to fire up my i haven't fired up my series x in a couple of weeks but uh yeah well, well give it a shot give it a shot yeah. so if yeah. you guys are down we could play some dark tide i know uh listener what um drawing a blank now as far as one of, one of our not Goonie, um, da, 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 God, don't kill me. I'm drawing a blank. John, I remember Jim Ripson. Chase? No, no, no. It's 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 a cool cat. Ace Black, Ace Black. Yeah, uh, yeah Ace. Okay. I know he's busy with uh, with Spider Man now though. So so but, uh, we'll we'll see what's up. So all cool. right, well. Well, those uh, all those tiles sound really good, but uh, coming up next is going to be our vessel line for this episode. All right, Des, you got the mic, my friend. All righty. So for this vessel line, um, as always, is a continuation of the main event question that we asked last episode. So that question was, when was the moment that you fell in love with video games? And what continues to stir that passion? Um, we, the three of us, had a really good conversation about about those moments and, and what continues to stir. And then for the Vessel line, we always ask for our listeners to chime in and, and add to the conversation. And we had one person, uh, we had a couple people actually, um, uh, who came in and uh, and um, and and add some more uh, information? Um, so 
we uh, have from John BT says, for me, it was when my father bought a Pong system. <laughs> I must have been around five or six, but I remember it was just awesome that I could control the stuff on the screen. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see why um, why that would be kind of weird, you know, especially when you're a kid and you're, and you're watching television, which is sort of a static medium, meaning like you don't have any interactions with it. You just basically watch it. But but being able to actually change or, or manipulate what's happening on the screen must have been like amazing for uh, a, a little tyke like you, John BT, <laughs> when you were when you were five or six. You know, but I can definitely understand that. I definitely remember when my mother got a got a uh, got cable or got a VCR or any kind of, you know, new um, innovations, you know, for my little little um, little eyes was, was always kind of freaking out about that. So I can definitely understand that. Uh, did either of you old men have Pong? Uh, my brother had one. He oh. got one at a um, he got one at a at a garage sale, I think. Oh wow! Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Joe, did you have Pong? Um, I don't remember having Pong as a kid, at least yeah. around that time, because about the time Pong came out was when, uh, you know, my parents were kind of on the down low a little bit. So mm. that's how why I, why I wound up in Fresno is because we're like yeah. you know, uh, out and about, moving yeah. away from Vegas and on to uh, better better days. So yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure because I know that. You know, that seems like Pong just seems like something that would be like right up your alley. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think I um, remember seeing it at an arcade maybe once or twice, but then nothing that really resonates as far as memories at all. I remember playing or looking at pinball when I was a kid, you know, so. Yeah. But it was mainly uh, like video games, you know, even prior to Space Invaders. Like, uh, I don't know if you remember that Night Driver game from Atari, but I always uh, liked that game, too. So. Yeah. He was in it to win it, folks. So uh, thank you, John BT, for um, for uh, coming in and giving your thoughts about our question. Um, as always, next episode uh, for our main event, we will have another question uh, that the three of us will chew up and 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 um, and give our thoughts about. And then you, as a listener, can definitely uh, respond in our vessel line. Uh, one of one, one other thing that we have in our vessel line, which is very interesting, is a Starfield review uh, from Will D, who actually completed um, he completed it, um, and that's a really good um, to let you know that we also run a the vessel uh, sorry the um, gaming vessels also runs a rolling credits uh, contest. So the person who who rolls the most credits in the calendar year uh, wins a prize. Uh, last year, I think it was John BT uh, did it and uh, won. So um, if I you think guys it was want Chase, actually, so that was Chase, that was one. Well, whoever it was last year <laughs> uh, knocked them off their pedestal and and throw throw down and uh, beat some games. All we ask you to do is post uh, the credits, a picture of the credits. Um, from your television uh, rolling. And so people post them in our, we have a section on our discord that is the um, rolling credit within the rolling credit section. Um, and yeah, you could win a prize. Uh, unfortunately, the three of us are not eligible uh, because if that was the case, I think last year Kevin came in like either first or second too. So, so Kevin, what was that? 
My bad. It was John BT. Sorry. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, so then, um, so yeah, so, um, get out there, beat some games, post them. And at the end of the episode, Kev will let you know how you can join our, our discord, but back to the review of Starfield. So thank you so much, Will D for, for sharing this and taking the time to beat this game. But let's see what you had to say. So he says, um, Starfield is a compilation of Fallout 4 and Star Citizen. I mean, you really could have ended it right there, and I totally would have exactly understood exactly what you were saying. (laughs) Uh, On a technical level, it did not hit anywhere near my expectations when it comes to visuals and uh, FPS performance. I'm running a high-end rig that just upgraded uh, 7800 uh, by 3D uh, with a 4090. And it felt lacking. I also experienced more control. Sorry, I also expected more control over the graphics on a PC. In many ways, you can get lost in the dystop- in the dystopian universe. Uh, as with as with any Bethesda game, there are bugs, but it but I didn't find them to be completely disruptive. And I think that's the main one of the main things is Bethesda will release buggy games, and they definitely do. But it's always those bugs that are like small or or somewhat insignificant that way you you know it doesn't really hamper too much of your experience but but they're never so exact they're never so like just game breaking or immersion breaking that you just can't see past them so i definitely believe that that's something that you just have to expect with any bethesda game uh the story meanders in a way that allows you to fall down one of the many rabbit holes of side quests shipbuilding base building and in-game economy however I don't think it does a good job of tying these individual components together. I can definitely see that as well, just because of the sheer scope of the game with it being a quote unquote universe instead of the continent of Skyrim or a specific area of the post-apocalyptic wasteland of Fallout. Uh, Overall, I'm a 7.25 out of 11, where very few games in in the history of games are a 10. None are an 11, and ET is a 1. I would have given it a 7.5, but it loses a 0.25 because Microsoft slash Bethesda showed a higher fidelity game than what I got. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this was a very succinct and to the point um, review of the game. Um, I can definitely say as someone who spent um, spent a good amount of time um, in the game playing the game i do believe that you're you're right it definitely plays like a much larger version of any of the other um bethesda rpg games i mean you were definitely getting for back of a letter for back for lack of a better term you're really getting the same sort of structure in all of the bethesda games which it's kind of sad because that just means that if you played one, you've played them all and you can kind of guess how things are going to resolve. Um, having said that, it's like, if you've, if you played Skyrim, you know, you know that there's going to be at least five factions that are going to have a storyline that you can play that is um, somewhat separate than, than the whole. Uh, however, I do think that, um, in the past, 
Bethesda has uh, managed to tie the ends together a little bit better than what it sounds like they did in Starfield. I do believe that Starfield is one of those games that you quote unquote experience versus uh, completing because all of the Bethesda games that I've ever played, I have only beaten a select few. I have played them multiple times and I have, and I have completed multiple um, storylines. And by that, I mean like with Skyrim, I go back to Skyrim because that was the one that I played extensively for a very long time. I have never beat the main story of that game, though I have beaten every side story of that game <laughs> and that's mm. just how these bethesda games are i did the same thing with fallout although technically i didn't really like fallout as much because i don't really buy into dystopian uh fantasy all that much and after a while whatever shader they have on fallout just makes your eyes it, may, it makes my eyes hurt because it always has this sort of weird dust or rust filter on it and i just hate watching i just hate looking at it It was really hard for fallout 3 that was just ugh. um so so i understand what you're saying um with with this game so a 7.25 i could definitely see that being you know right on the money with it i am really sad that on a on a on a really powerful rig that you have with the PC gamer, the graphics didn't pop as much as they did. I'm really sad to hear that because I'm on an S and the game looked fine to me. And the fact that I'm not saying that my system, you know, looked, looked the same as yours, but the fact that you weren't blown away by it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that kind of makes me feel bad. (laughs) Um, But I'm not surprised either because, because of, um, Microsoft's their their stance on parity between all of the systems. But again, I still think that if you're playing on a PC, it should like blow your eyeballs out. But whatever. Um, so that's my thoughts on what um on what Will D said. Uh, I'll throw it over to Kev. Do you have any thoughts? Because I know you spent a lot of time with Starfield as well. What are you what are your thoughts on what deal what Will D said? I didn't spend a lot of time. I spent like three to four hours, which in a game that like this isn't a lot of time. That's true. I just didn't care. <laughs> it's a ugly ass game. It's a boring game. Ship combat was slow and sluggish and dull. Not exciting. I just didn't care about anybody or anything that I came across in that three to four hour time. And I and when a game becomes a chore it's time to move on to something else. I'm glad I didn't buy the game, that's for sure. Um, I'd have been I'd have been upset if I'd have bought the game. I don't know who... I, I, I saw a video, and I watched it, and I thought it made a lot of sense. And this was somebody who's an Xbox fan, who is a Bethesda fan, and his whole thing was, we got to stop making excuses for Bethesda. And I thought what he said made a lot of sense. He showed examples of his gameplay where he was literally killing NPCs that were crucial to completing a side quest, completing a main story, and it had no bearing on anything. It, it, it just move on to the next section. 
There was no consequence for his actions. There was just. Now, could could he have, uh, you know, cherry picked this 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 video for to express his point? Maybe, but he showed he would go into like entire bases and just kill everybody. And then <laughs> whatever crew member, I don't appreciate your actions. I need to speak to you about your actions. And it's like, no matter mm. what you select, it's like, yeah, I'm a mass murderer. I'm going to put you in time out. <laughs> it's like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what. I, and I don't know if other Bethesda games are like this. The only one I've ever played is Fallout 3, and, and I just never had a desire to go back to any of their other games or, or play Skyrim. I know a lot of people love that game. I don't know if Skyrim is like that as well, but it's just it's time to stop making excuses for Bethesda. It's like, well, you know, Bethesda, it's a Bethesda game. Starfield was just very boring and just not very, to me, just not a lot of fun. And yeah, technically, it's an ugly game. It has some of the ugliest NPCs I've ever come across in my life. <laughs> it, I mean, people look like they have varying physical ailments and they're supposed to be normal looking people. I'm like... Everyone's just been beaten with an ugly stick in Skyrim, including <laughs> including your main character. I'm sorry. I mean, everybody's got that dead that dead marionette puppet eyes that has seemed to have no life in them. It is not a next gen game at all from a from a graphical presentation perspective. And I, you know. I know a lot of people out there are loving it, think it's the neatest thing since sliced bread. Hey, you like it? I love it for you, but it's just not a fan for me. Mm -mm. And uh, Joe, you have not played it yet, is that correct? No, and after this, and after uh, what I've seen and and impressions of it, this is like a game that needs to basically cook for at least a few more years (laughs) between like uh, mods from the community and that kind of thing. You know, for me, it's like I've never really sat down. I've, I've dabbled in Fallout 3. I played a little bit at the beginning of Fallout 4, but I've never played Skyrim all that much. I think I've only played the beginning portion of Skyrim. And so I'm thinking, especially with the games I like to play, probably I'll do a playthrough of Skyrim to start and kind of go from there. You know, the thing about Game Pass is I always will have access to Starfield so I could go play it at any point in my life. <laughs> so if I don't... That's true necessary have to play it now i could go back to it you know a year or two down the road when they've updated this that and the other thing and and, and see how the game cooks then from there so because you know uh thinking about it, it's like you know if i was going to go play starfield i'm probably better off going playing something like the outer worlds prior to playing starfield i think so yeah i think the outer i think the outer worlds was a stronger game at least it had a stronger narrative yeah now, if I want to do some space exploration, I, I know there is plenty of content and updates for No Man's Sky. I have not even scratched the surface of that. That game has definitely um, that, you know, for space exploration that will be able to satisfy 
any need for that, you know, with that game, you know, with that type of game. So, yeah, um, well, pretty much to say Starfield's going to get deleted off my Series X for now. I might circle back to it at a later point, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't feel with everything else I have to play my backlog a mile long, you know. Um, I, it's not like on my, even my back burner right now. It's definitely on ice. So, Cool. Well, all right. So, uh, want to say thanks to John BT and to Will D for coming through. Um, and again, please, um, in the future, if you ever want to do something for the vessel line, um, give a review. We'll definitely read it and give our, and give our thoughts, on it as well uh, if you want to comment on anything that we have said or 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 the question for the main event you can definitely do that as well um if you want to learn how to join the discord kev will let you know how to do that at the end of the show so please stay tuned um but you know it comes after the vessel line it's the jabroni gaming news All right, thank you, Des. Appreciate it. You're that. welcome, sir. All right, so first thing we want to talk about is uh, Capcom, and Capcom has stated that they have a quote-unquote major unannounced title that is planned before March 2024. So mm. Capcom is planning to release a major unannounced title by the end of its current fiscal year, which ends on uh, March 30th, 2024, it said. According to a Japanese Q&A session, um, it mentions that the unannounced title in relations to Howland intends to reach its year-end sales targets. Considering its aspirations for the unannounced game, it's possible that it's related to two, one of Capcom's two biggest franchises, either Resident Evil or Monster Hunter. So, so it's also possible, since there's a few major industry events left before March 2024, that the game could be announced during the Game Awards in December on here so we'll have to see what exactly this game is uh we know but, what game it is yeah deep it's down from, it's yeah deep down there you go exoprimal yes. 2 electric boogaloo so no. don't even try it <laughs> yeah so you know th th this might come you know like like uh, i think mr uh, uh a username the nemo 6 on our discord stated it, it could possibly come before the end of the year Yep. So Christmas release. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, another user named Jabroni Chief responded with a sure Jan uh, gif from the Brady Bunch. So. I mean, st stranger things have happened. Santa and... will come and leave you some Monster Hunter World 2 underneath the uh, and Christmas tree. Hey, hey, hey. Like, 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 like they say, keep hope alive, buddy. Keep hope alive. <laughs> I am keeping hope alive. I believe it. I believe y'all. That hope is dead. I'm sorry. That hope is dead. Y'all keep now. We, now we might see Monster Hunter uh, before the end of March, and I think that would be a great thing. So. Nah, 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 nah. nah. It, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be out. It'll be, it'll, it'll be out. You know. Oh, and and by the way, I'm just sitting this right now. If it's released in Japan at the end of the year and then it comes out in america in the 2024 i still won so just saying whoop, whoop. <laughs> mm. they would uh, i think um, monster hunter world i don't think they would break it up in the region oh they're not going to of course i'm just saying you know in case yeah, no. you know 
you know, uh, Capcom get a little, get a little, you know, crazy with what they're trying to do. You know, I'm just saying. Well, I'm going to throw it out there that March 11th is the 20th anniversary of Monster Hunter coming up 2024. I'm just saying, Mm. you know, I'm I'm just saying, you know, just in case, you know. Are you like the January 6th of game of gaming? Uh, (laughs) This this sounds this sounds like alternative facts. I, don't, I wouldn't oh, say no. that. I'm just saying. This sounds you know, like alternative facts. Weird. It's just Halloween. I still got. I still got two months. Two months and a week left. No, actually, I, I still got. I still got two months left. This is like wow. taking classes from Trump University for your next semester. <laughs> I'm this, just saying. I'm just saying. Stranger things have happened. Uh, if uh, I see like an old old bald guy like sitting here trying to litigate. This is bet over I would here. think I just think y'all would be happy, you know, if it comes out early. You know? See? You know, then I would be happy. Early. See, there you go. So so you should be wanting it to be released early. That that way we could all celebrate while you're buying Tapanyaki for everybody. January second, twenty twenty four. January second. Come on now. So anyway. I think this is a fantastic news. I know that they're going to be announcing something. And we all know that given all of the Resident Evil stuff that they have said in the past, it's going to be about Monster Hunter. I think they're going to, you know, do something crazy and say, hey, everybody, you know, Monster Hunter's coming out. Uh, It's a special drop. They're going to do a Beyonce with it. They're just going to release it and be like, look, y'all, it's out. Come and get it. See, I'm telling you, that's what's gonna happen. To hell with marketing. <laughs> yep, they don't need to market it. <laughs> bam, it's bam. Monster Hunter. It come with the, the with the shadow drop. Pattern method. <laughs> if they did it seriously though, if they did a shadow drop, that would be awesome. That would be awesome <laughs> if they did a shadow drop. Seriously, if they just if if they if they rolled up and and balled out like that and be like, look, Merry Christmas, Monster Hunter. I too. Or Monster Hunter World 2 or Monster Hunter 6 or whatever. I'd be like, damn. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you a game a Game Awards ticket. We'll go to Game Awards in LA at the uh at the Peacock Theater so you could bum rush the stage and, and go on, on stage with Keely. Bill Clinton wants it, his so. Monster Hunter. <laughs> Seriously, I'm gonna dress up in a Tapanyaki chef outfit with the flaming with, with the flaming onion volcano hat. I'd be like, we did it! <laughs> Gotta dress like a cat. Come on, Teppanyaki cat. I'm no, sorry. I can. I can have you. You can dress up like a uh, like Magdamalo. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you look good in purple. Purple rain, purple rain. All anyway, right. what's next, Joe? <laughs> well, I want to talk about Spider-Man Two. So Spider-Man Two uh, creative director Brian Intihar has confirmed that Insomniac Spider-Man games will take place in the same universe. As its upcoming Wolverine game, so they Not are surprising. tying both games together into the same universe. So uh, basically, they said they're all 2048. When asked by host Greg Miller when they were on speaking on kind of funny games, so uh, 2048 refers to the revision of the Marvel universe that they share. So I guess this is there a Marvel universe lore master that is basically taking count of 
the different universes in the Marvel universe, if need be. Is is that the is video correct. game universe twenty ten forty eight then? That is a, yeah, that's the universe in which the Spider Man game takes place. Because the Spider Man the 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 Spider Man from the game has appeared in the Marvel comics uh, in the um in the Marv in uh Spider Verse. So the Spider Man from the game is is canon in Marvel comics. So right yeah. On. Good deal. So they actually asked him why Wolverine didn't appear in the cameo in Spider-Man 2 or as a reference. Spoiler. Basically, he (laughs) said that uh, while there was a decision not to do, I think for us, we wanted to let that team cook and who knows what the future holds. But right now, let's let them do their thing on here. So there is no reference for Wolverine in Spider-Man 2. So I think it's smart. Let let Wolverine be his own thing. This is this is about Spider-Man and Miles. I think that's one of the thing that's killing Marvel the the MCU right now is everything is waiting for something to lead into something else. Just enjoy the game. Enjoy the movie. Stop waiting for how this connects to something bigger. I think that's while it's cool, you know, to have a shared universe, that should not be the end all be all. So Personally, I'm glad that Wolverine is not mentioned nor nor name checked or anything. You know, let Wolverine be his own thing. You know, that way we don't have any kind of thoughts or or hints or anything because Wolverine in and himself is already a huge character and he comes from a huge universe, the X-Men. So if Wolverine's there, it, it has in my opinion, it has to mean that Weapon X is there, uh, uh, Alpha Flight probably is there, uh, which means other mutants are there, you know. So the implications for Wolverine in and of itself is 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 enough. Let let them cook, like the man said. Let them cook. Let Wolverine be what he's going to be. I mean, personally, if it's going to be a a solo title, I think it's. I, I really hope that it's the. Um, uh, the, the the telling of him escaping the Weapon X program, and it literally is just him escaping the Weapon X program. That would be amazing. A video game of 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 him and his and and his all the craziness that happened in the Weapon X program would be amazing. And have that game end with him, you know, being recruited by Alpha Flight or the X Men or whatever. But having it be about him fighting all these, you know all these weird weapon X, you know, um, uh, villains. I think that'd be fantastic, you know, but who knows? And, and I think it's great that they, they're leaving it up in the air. Like, let's be excited, you know, for stuff and not have, not have it spoiled or giving you hints or anything. Just let it cook. I'm here. Yeah, for it. Um, it is being, uh, led by directed by Brian Horton and Cameron Christian, who are the creative leads on, uh, Spider-Man miles Morales. So that is being helmed by the people that directed, uh, miles on there. So, so we'll have to see how that kind of goes on there. Uh, they stated that, uh, you know, that, uh, they're looking to respect the DNA of what makes Wolverine so popular, but also look for opportunities to make it feel fresh and truly reflect the insomniac spirit on here. So, so, so we'll have to see what happens. You know, it's probably going to be at least a couple of years on this bad boy, but, uh, you know, can't wait. 
I think they uh, have a good alliance with Marvel. I mean, I don't know what else they could do beyond Spider-Man and Wolverine on here. You think another team within Sony could take on like a uh, like a group game like X-Men or something along those lines? Or um, I don't think they're going to – this – no, this is all about single story arcs. That's why I'm thinking if they're if they're gonna do something with Wolverine, it's gonna be something um, solo. And I just think that a team book is not really where they're aiming for. So yeah. you might get like you might get him working with maybe Maverick or something or like Sabretooth, but I don't think you're gonna get like a five roster team of like X-Men running around. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. This Wolverine's going to be bare bones stripped down. So that's my thought anyway. Now, if they come through and it's like a full fledged, you know, X-Men game and, and he's fighting alongside X-Men or some other craziness, then I'm going to be like completely blown away. But because it would just be completely, completely left field for, from what they did with Spider-Man. So, and I think that's not where they're at. And I don't think, I, well, I don't know if that's where their strength lies, is doing a, a really, you know, full rostered kind of game. Um, so that's why I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, him in the Canadian wilderness, him tracking people, killing people, some some kind of a story that is um, that is fully Wolverine based. So and then who knows maybe it's got to have Sabretooth in it. Yeah, yeah, Sabretooth that's, that's has got to be at yeah. least maybe if not the main big bad, at least one of the big bads he has to yeah. deal with. Yeah, you know, I've the always second liked one Sabretooth as a villain. Yeah, and the second one he goes to Japan, and then we have like Wolverine in Japan, and then he's Patch, and he's all these other different stuff. There's like so much stuff that they could do with Wolverine as a solo character that they don't really need the X Men. Um, I mean, hell, they could just bring in. Kitty Pride and just have it be him and her palling around. That'd be kind of cool. But again, who knows? And I'm here for it. I wouldn't mind seeing seeing him be who was that that Fantastic Four that was Hulk, Wolverine, Spider Man, and yeah. uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, Ghost yeah. Rider. That'd be cool too. Yeah, I, I would be. That would be dope. But as long as they don't monetize it to death and pull a pull an EA. Um, that nonsense with with uh with with their uh avengers game uh that i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind seeing that because i think that was a, that would be a group that a lot of people would like to see because i don't i don't think that none of them have been in the same game before so yeah so yeah great game i can't i think it's going to be a great game all right, good deal. Uh, next news story I want to talk about is kind of kind of a emerging story in the last like uh, day or two, and unfortunately, it's about Xbox. It's negative <laughs> news about Xbox. So what's going on basically with Xbox is they have decided uh, basically to uh, remove via a firmware update unapproved accessories on their system. So. Basically, from November 12, 2023, Microsoft will no longer allow unauthorized third-party accessories to be used with its Xbox consoles. Players are reporting a warning message displaying on Xbox when plugging in unauthorized accessories, notifying them of the date their accessories would block with error 0x82D60002. 
Xbox advises returning the accessory and instead referring to its list of authorized products on its website. The message is shown due to the latest console build, which is said to be causing console issues when using these third-party accessories. And um, they have reached out to Microsoft for comments. So basically what's going on with all this is that a lot of the um, adapters are being used, a lot of the boards for like fighting game controllers, uh, Brook adapters to use other like fight sticks and flight sticks and wheels. If it doesn't say off, you know, Xbox approved with the Xbox seal of approval, it is not going to work no longer. So, so there's been a lot of kerfuffle from the fighting game community saying if Xbox needed any sort of reason to ignore the platform, this would pretty much be it on here because all the like you know people have commented i looked on the thread on resetera they built like you know they had a mad cats controller from the 360 that they wanted to use on their xbox series x and to be able to play street fighter 6 they cannot use their brook adapters any longer so unless it's you know authorized and approved with that xbox seal of approval uh, they are going to ban it from the system from being used at all so so, I think this is a bunch of crap. I brought a uh, Brooks Wingman adapter to be able to use my DualSense Edge if needed on the Xbox. Yeah, I prefer the DualSense Edge. Kind of like my controller, but uh, I won't be able to use it because of the fact of this ban on uh, unauthorized accessories if needed. You know, and I think, you know, if they're running an excuse indicating the fact that they're trying to basically come in and ban like any sort of hacking or whatnot, there's gonna be other methods to hack games if needed. So so pretty much yeah, the whole fighting game community, especially if, um, people that support Xbox, Killer Instinct, you know, with the recent update uh, that is in the works for Killer Instinct. Imagine having to be stuck with having to buy an actual fighting stick with the authorized, you know, approved by Microsoft seal on that bad boy on there. You can't come in with your own hitbox. You can't come in with your own controller and just use an adapter to be able to use it on Xbox. It's pretty much dead in the dirt. So, I mean, how, how is this? How is this consumer friendly? Not at all. Not at all. So. <laughs> like, sorry, folks. Wow. Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. Mm. So, so what's your overall? Have you have you heard of this prior to me mentioning it, Kev? I had heard. I I saw the article you posted. And I didn't get a chance to read it, but this is this is this is lame. This is extremely lame. Um, and you'll notice something. All those officially licensed products, uh, 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 manufacturers, their stuff is super expensive. All, like all of them. I mean, the Victrix, the Vic, Victrix controller that I have, um, that thing's going like for four hundred bucks now. It's ridiculous. Thrustmaster some of the most expensive wheels on the market all these all these all these cats are like big baller shot collar open up your wallet make you holla <laughs> type companies and 
you know, I like being a, I like having the wherewithal to like what I did when, you know, like what I, what I did with at uh, Evo. I like being able to go to like some of these smaller independent companies, going to juice box, going to arcade, uh, what's that other one? Arcade, uh, um, I just had the, the name of the company. It just, just came in and went out. Um, all those smaller companies that make excellent controllers that are not in this the super high price range and being able to utilize them without having to get a a a, a, a controller an added accessory in order to use it on on my PS5 just be able to plug and play this i don't know man this this is this is a bad decision. I mean, if it was implemented with a firmware update, hopefully they'll get enough outcry and reverse it through a uh, said firmware firmware update. Because this this isn't cool. Not at yeah, all. I know uh, Brooke has uh, basically put a uh, tweet out indicating that their Wingman XB2 is going to be affected on here so and that's the adapter that is basically used to support any any number of different controllers on there so and uh you know uh i guess there's some you know people brought up the fact that back in the day that on 360 people were using usb adapters to use like ps2 controllers and they pretty much blocked all those adapters with an update so mm. so you know, just you know, I I think one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing. You know, I think you know, especially if they have any sort of community support for like Killer Instinct and uh, fighting game community. I think you know a lot of people people have held Xbox kind of like a um, a slow step cousin, if need be, compared to PlayStation and other platforms. It's like a lot of people were saying, well, how come you don't play on Xbox? And they want to get more support for Xbox in the fighting game community. And it's just things like this is just not cool. No, <laughs> in, no. In sense. So. If you're into fighting games, you need to be on PlayStation or PC. Xbox really should. I never felt Xbox was part of that equation anyway, because a lot of the times they wouldn't get a lot of those fighting games that came out, particularly the uh, the anime style fighters. They weren't getting them. Uh, I never really saw that platform as being a contender uh, for fighting games regardless, but actions like this kind of. Uh, you know, make sure that I I'll never be buying a fighting game on 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 the Xbox at all. I mean, I'm just trying to use another controller on my Xbox, so it's like you know, I'm not even using it to play a fighting game. But uh, uh, I just you know, bought this adapter for fifty bucks, and now it's going to be a paperweight. But that's mm-hmm. what I get for uh, you know trying to th- think about playing games on Xbox. I guess so. <laughs> sad. <laughs> Like that's really sad. I mean, they take one step forward and they take ten steps back. I mean, it, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's like you said, one, one, one hand doesn't know what the other one is doing, and you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I have it an elite frustrating. Two. I, I'm gonna use my elite two if I guess I'll play. You know, when I was playing division, I actually enjoyed using the four back buttons on that thing. So, 
but you know you have multiple controllers it's like it should be like switch switch pretty much supports every controller under the sun i mean pretty much same thing with pc mm. you know a lot of these uh controllers that have been released in china are like switch pc controllers and then you're able to use them on playstation and xbox using brook or other companies adapters like 8-bit do or whatnot you know so it's like uh you know it's like uh some person commented that they buy have a snack snack box v1 and they use a brook ufb and uh the old you know um the fighting board that's on that the snack box makes it compatible with xbox but basically it's gonna be too bad so sad you spent 300 bucks on this controller to play on your favorite platform of choice and guess what Unless they buy an actual license from Microsoft, you're, uh, you know, up the river without a paddle. You know? mm-hmm. So, and even talk about people that are using wheels for Forza that are not licensed that they spent hundreds of dollars on that, uh, yeah. you know, to shell out more to get officially licensed controllers. So, and some people were commenting about Rock Band and the Qatar controllers from previous you know mm. platforms that kind of thing and those are hard to find because they don't make them anymore they don't so. make them anymore yeah this could so. this could make people walk away from the platform yeah. depending on how 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 i know if i was a fighting game uh, you know i'm coming from the fighting game perspective i know if i was playing fighting games for whatever reason on xbox this would I would switch either PC or PlayStation just just on this on this action alone. But yeah, people were commenting as such, like they actually felt Xbox was their primary platform, but that uh, they're going to have to book on over the PlayStation and PC just because yeah. of what's happening with this thing. So, like, too bad, so sad. So we'll see if something happens about it, but uh, uh, you know, we'll have to see if there's any updates or whatnot. But uh, you know. You know, you're going to have to look and see if it has that official first party or officially licensed product seal before knowing that, you know, you're going to be able to use it on the Xbox. So. Mm-hmm. All right. And other news, maybe more negative news. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 players have kind of hit back on here. So I have not checked out Mortal Kombat 1 as of yet, but basically I guess they have gone kind of cray cray with their DLC pricing on here. So recently they released a new Halloween themed DLC fatality and for this gruesome Jack O'Lantern animation, you have to spend 1200 Dragon Crystals, a premium in-game currency uh, based on the current exchange rate. For one fatality, you're going to spend 10 US dollars on there. So, yes, for a a jack o' lantern Halloween fatality. And basically, to put it into context, Mortal Kombat's 11 Combat Pack featured several full DLC characters for just $20. But Mortal Kombat 1 wants the equivalent of $10 for just one fatality. Even though it's a premium game that costs, you know, full price, or even if you bought the f- premium edition, if you want this fatality, guess what? You gotta spend ten bucks. So, mm. so obviously there's some, you know, fervor on Reddit on here. Uh, they in, are intimating that NetherRealm wants freemium prices for a premium product that already has content gated away for DLC. So they have other, you know, obviously. Um, characters on the way that have been rumored uh, on there but basically for 
a fatality that you could perform with any of your characters. A Halloween themed fatality, it's ten dollars. So Yeah, I'm so. passing. Yeah, I'd I'd even play it. And as someone as someone who doesn't play it, I feel bad for people who do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's one quote from one of the outraged Reddit participants. This is spitting in the face of your fan base, nothing less. So, Yeah. I'd it's, agree. That's sad. Wow. Like, let these people have their fatalities, you know? Yeah. It's like, make it a free download. It's just a freaking fatality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, come on. It's like, I don't know how much money you need, but, eh, you know, I guess, you know, if they made it free... Yeah, you know, I could understand it, but even then, uh, to me, I, I pay ten dollars for a fatality, <laughs> so I don't know. So the game I wasn't on my radar to begin with. I rather play yeah. Street Fighter Six, but <laughs> kind of makes me wonder what they paid for the licenses for that for for those uh, like Homelander and um, Omni Man. It makes me wonder how much they had to they had to fork out to get those licenses and maybe the something like this is to help offset that amount of money because if they're charging if they're charging 10 bucks for a a fatality what are they going to charge for homelander what are they going to charge for omni-man what are they going to charge for all these other characters that everybody was just over the moon and back with that first uh, DLC character pack that they that uh, they announced, is it going to be twenty bucks, thirty bucks? <laughs> I, I can't. I no. Like, oh well, and then you can't even, and then you can't even play it on Xbox because you can't use it. You can't use a, a controller. So oh like, yeah, you could use an officially licensed Xbox controller, but yeah, if you're wanting to bust out your snack box or whatever. Controller of choice, yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, so, so two thumbs down. We're in NetherRealm and WB on that business. So, so probably the last time we talk about Mortal Kombat One on this show. So, <laughs> and other news though on Nintendo, uh, someone has found the patent for uh, Nintendo that recently was just filed, and it's kind of bringing back. A dual screen gaming device so the patent basically um it has a dual screen gaming device that can be split in half so instead of the clamshell design which the top screen folds onto the bottom screen this design sees the top screen face out even when the machine is closed over so so the top and bottom parts of the machine would be able to operate independently of each other so you're able to separate them if need be so and they both work independently of each other. So imagine if you take took like a two Nintendo Switches, and were able to like you know basically uh, use them each screen separately if need be on there. So it sounds so like, like Nintendo. So like you give one half to one person, another person holding the other half. Correct. Or use it like say if you're playing a game that requires both screens. Uh, you could use it like a, a DS type or 3DS type where you have access and you can use it as one device. But, yeah, you're able to basically split it off and hand it off to someone else just in case if you want to have two separate uh, devices if need be. So. Mm. Mm. so sounds crazy. I mean, they're in the lab cooking, you know, making some crazy stuff. So, you know, so. 
I just thought it was interesting because, you know, they work with this dual screen a- aspect for a long time for like since 2004 when the DS was originally announced. And uh, it's good that they're still riffing off it and still filing patents if need be because, you know, they did create something unique with the DS and the 3DS. And so, you know, whether it's time is done, you know, whether they're going to go back to it, you know, maybe for Switch 2. It's kind of interesting, so we'll have to see if this is something, the the uh, special sauce that they usually try to cook in with each console on here, whether this patent has anything to do with uh, anything that they're going to announce for the new platform or not. So how does this kind of appear to you, Des, as far as would you welcome back a two-screen device from Nintendo? No. I think it's, unless it's a handheld, like an old DS, then... Yeah, but I don't even know how they would do this. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what Nintendo's doing, and it just screams gimmick. And I just, I don't need, I don't need gimmicks, Nintendo. I just need, I, I just need high fidelity games, please. Like, I just need, I need 1080, you know? <laughs> I need, that's 1080's I need, not even Nintendo. asking for much, so, you know, You're not. 4K. <laughs> Yeah, 4K. It's like I don't need dual screens. I don't. You've already done it. You've already done it. It was great. I loved it. I don't need that anymore. I, I just no. Stop it. Stop it with the gimmicks. Ugh. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I would hope it would be compatible with the Switch games, so you don't. It's, it's not like be. a completely separate, you know, gaming economy that you gotta support. Where these get cartridges won't run on your Switch or the Switch won't run on, on this. See, that's the thing that I hope it's not. Like, I hope it's not. It's like, got to be uniform. Yeah, like, but I hope that this is not the Switch, you know, plus or the Switch Pro. Like, I, I hope the Switch <laughs> Pro is not some weird-ass dual-screen Frankenstein monster. No, no, please don't make this be what the dual... Please don't make this what the Nintendo uh, Switch Pro is. Oh, it's a dual screen. You're getting two screens for the price of one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but the game still looks like crap. No, don't do that. Please, please, Nintendo, please. Bayonetta 3 still running at 10 frames. Right? <laughs> like, stop it. Get help. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to keep up with Xbox and PlayStation. It's fine. You know, you don't have to be that little weird kid in the corner. You know, <laughs> you don't need to do that. It's okay. You can come play with the big boys. It's fine. Ugh. Uh, while, article does say, while this indicates some of Nintendo's potential ideas for future devices, the company has a history of similar, similar patents being filed and never coming to fruition. So, you know, if you remember, like, the Vitality sensor from back mm-hmm. in the era, you know. So it's like, yeah, no, you know, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, sure, whatever, but please do not let this be the selling point of of the Switch Pro. Please don't, please. That's just the one thing that I worry about when stuff like this pops up. It's like, ooh, and they have they have a new system coming out, and this is the pad they're doing. Ooh, you know, I just get a little scared. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like. 
even with the new switch it's like people saying they better not go back to lcd they want the oled screen for the new switch i don't really care because i'm gonna play it like docked like 95 percent of the time anyway so like everyone else does so it's like that's why i understand why they would do this yeah so i don't know all right and then my last news story for this episode i want to make a mention Risk of Rain returns. The remake of the first Risk of Rain is going to be launching on November the 8th on here for both Switch and PC uh, for $14.99 on here. So basically, this is a remastered version of the first Risk of Rain on here. It is a multiplayer game, so you can play solo or you can play with up to a four-player online or couch cooperative play on here um and basically you were able to go in and make some runs just like you know back in the day on the original risk of rain and risk of rain 2 on here so are you going to be down day one does you think or uh not day one i mean the only way i'd be day one is if you buy it and you insist on playing it then i'll probably be like okay you know but nah risk of rain is fun for for what it is but i i don't think this is gonna be a a day one get for me Got it. And look, kind of looking at because I did enjoy Risk of Rain 2, but I wouldn't mind going back to Risk of Rain 2, much less playing Risk of Rain you know, 1 on here. The thing about the original Risk of Rain is that it didn't have a good multiplayer setup, but this one does on here. So they have kind of redid the solace on here. So That's great. Uh, yeah, it's pretty different from the original on here. It's almost like a Risk of Rain 3, but they're returning to 2D, so on here so it's kind of almost like a new game in and of itself so so we'll we'll see we'll see if we you know it's coming out like at an inopportune time with everything else coming out but uh you know my new nitro deck might be looking good for this bad boy you know we'll have to see so but uh that is it for jaberni gaming news this episode all right thanks for bringing us that information this episode jaberni chief Game night takes place every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. That's the day of the week that we set aside to interact and hang out with members of our community to play games, just just to shoot the crap, just talk about our day, just hang out. You don't even have to be gaming necessarily. Just jump into our voice channel and uh, just have a good time chilling. So if any of that sounds good to you, if you uh, liked what you've heard on the podcast, we were trying to grow a, a a fun gaming community on our Discord channel. And that's where we do our game. That's the app that we do our game nights through and we're running our uh, community through. So if you'd like to be a part of that, what you need to do is hop on over to the app formerly known as Twitter currently known as XXXXX, and uh, go to at Gaming Vessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. Click the link in our description, and you're in. So there's no waiting lists. There's no Patreon tier list to subscribe to. Uh, Just be a good person, likes talking about video games, hanging out with folks who enjoy video games, playing playing said video games, and I think you'll have a fantastic time in the little community we're trying to build over there. And uh, you won't find a lot of the nonsense that you find on much larger social media platforms. So nobody's going to insult you, question your your legitimacy amongst your parents because you have a different perspective about gaming. So if you can do – if you like talking games but could do with the nonsense, hey – 
give the uh, Gaming Vessels Discord uh, community a try. I'm pretty sure you'll have a fun time. Uh, special shout out to John BT for both his uh, response to our question and for his Starfield review. Uh, very well thought out there. And, that's from uh, Will D, actually. Well, that's from Will D. Oh, Will, I'm, okay, I'm looking right at it. So thanks to John for his uh, response to our vessel line and uh, Will D for his Starfield review. Uh, both of those well thought out and gave us some more to talk about on the show, which we greatly appreciate. So that's going to bring episode 226 to a close. We appreciate you rocking out with us, hanging out. For Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the High Res Lover. That's me. A.k.a. the Cat Daddy, a.k.a. that Gamer Step Daddy. And for Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Tipping yucky, yo. Mm. But you might also know him as the Food Max of Gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar. I'm showing off 71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Dick. Me and Will, yo. <laughs> And we'll be back next time. Episode 227 for years. Peace. Peace.